to you, Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Now a man was ill, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfumed oil and dried his feet with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was ill. So the sisters sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just trying to stone you, and you want to go back there? Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in a day? If one walks during the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks at night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. Jesus said this and then told them, our friend Lazarus is asleep, but I am going to awaken him. So the disciples said to him, Master, if he's asleep, he'll be saved. But Jesus was talking about his death, while they thought he meant ordinary sleep. So then Jesus said to them clearly, Lazarus has died. And I am glad for you that I was not there, that you may believe. Let us go to him. So Thomas, called Didymus, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go to die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, only about two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, 
your brother will rise. Martha said to him, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary secretly, saying, The teacher is here and he's asking for you. As soon as she heard this, she rose quickly and went to Jesus. For Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still where Martha had met him. So when the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her saw Mary get up quickly and go out, they followed her, presuming that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her weeping, he became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Mary, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me. But because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. And when Jesus had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial cloths, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what Jesus had done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
If we were to stand with the many spiritual writers and scholars of the New Testament who say that the most important part of this extraordinary and beautiful and altogether powerful story that we have just heard proclaimed among us is the moment when Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead and calls him out of the tomb, well, we would be standing with very good company. Perhaps the majority of spiritual writers and scholars and theologians. If we were to stand with those who say, well, really maybe the most important part of this story for us as human beings is the part with Mary and Martha. Just look how they move from grief and anger to fulsome professions of faith in Jesus and the resurrection in just a matter of moments, each one of them, one after the other. That perhaps is the most important lesson for us to stand with those spiritual writers we would be standing in very good company. If we were to choose some other detail of this gospel, there would be fewer of those scholars and spiritual writers and theologians to stand with us. For example, if we were to say, hmm, you know, I think the most important part of this story for us and for all Christians it's that single sentence of only three words, the shortest sentence in all of the Gospels. And Jesus wept. And Jesus wept. And Jesus wept, really? Why would Jesus have to weep? I mean, we all know that Jesus is, you know, kind of all-knowing and he's got a good idea of what's going to happen and, and you know, he's... he's He's a human being, yes, but he's also the son of God. Why would he need to weep? He knows about the victories that are coming. Jesus doesn't need to weep. It's, it's, it's maybe just a little bit too human. Not enough divine in there. And that's precisely the point. It is one of the most human moments in all of the Gospels. Jesus weeps like us just as we weep, especially when we have to confront face to face the cold, hard reality of human death. Death is awful. We're all old enough now that we know how hard it is to see a person alive one day, talking to them, knowing them, experiencing their love and their grace, and the very next day, the very next hour, sometimes the very next minute, they're gone. <laughs> There's just a body there. The person, the heart, the soul, the memories, the love. Where did it go? And we miss it so terribly and we cannot help ourselves as human beings but weep. And it comes at the strangest moments in our lives, in, our, in, the, in the days following the death of someone we love dearly. You know, we get busy with preparing for the funeral and we can kind of hold ourselves together for quite a while and then all of a sudden in some quiet moment or some moment when we least expect it, tears start rolling, our chins start quivering and we start sobbing and we can't stop, we can't control it. So we know what grief is like. We know what it's like to weep over a dead person. We know what it's like to, to, to confront the cold, hard reality 
of death in this world. And this is what that single sentence of three words tells us. So does Jesus. Jesus weeps because he feels everything that we feel when we have to confront the death of someone we love. Jesus weeps because he understands the finality of it. Jesus weeps because he can feel that there's something not right about death. That there's something that's snatchy and steely and grabby about death. That it takes people away from us in a way that seems cruel and hard and altogether mean and maybe even evil. Jesus weeps as a human being like us, with us. It's the very meaning of the incarnation written in tears. The word was made flesh and wept among us. Our tears mingle with his tears, his tears mingle with ours. It's an extraordinary and audacious reality that is proclaimed in those simple three words. Our God weeps with us. Now there's something else that happens at that moment as John tells this story that is equally important and easily overlooked. Jesus not only weeps when he encounters the death of his dearest friend Lazarus, he also trembles. Our English translation this is one of the worst, worst translations imaginable. They say Jesus was perturbed. No. Every other translation says Jesus was shaken. Jesus trembles. Jesus is so overcome by the emotions of this moment that he cannot even control his body. And what is that trembling? It's a cosmic kind of trembling. So in Jesus' tears, we see his humanity, and in his trembling, we perhaps see his divinity. Because Jesus knows that he is confronting in a cosmic fashion here the powers of death. Jesus is standing face to face with evil. Jesus is standing face to face with the darkness that existed before creation. Jesus is standing as God himself, the word, before the powers of evil and death saying, I got it. I win. I'm beating back your creation, God. I'm killing your people and the beautiful things you have created and you can't stop me. And it is this audacious claim of the evil one, of death itself, that Jesus confronts God to God, God before evil. And he trembles because he knows that he cannot let this death stand. He knows that he cannot let evil stand. He knows that the victory has to be won in a foundational and fundamental and forever kind of way. It is the spirit that hovers over the chaos of creation that fills Jesus. It's the spirit of God 
the creator of all that is, the creator of each human being, the creator of Lazarus himself, and of Mary and Martha, and of us, whose powerful word goes out of Jesus and proclaims and professes and pushes back against evil and darkness and cold and the grabby hands of death and says, Lazarus, live. Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, be filled with the spirit of life that God has put in you. Let nothing or any power on earth take that grace away. This is the voice of God that is trembling in Jesus and comes forth in power and permeates that tomb with grace and life and love and allows Lazarus indeed to come out. Death, you won a small battle for four days, but I'm winning the war. There's just a little bit more in the story. It's not really in this story. It's in what comes next. This powerful deed of God, Jesus the Spirit, becomes the catalyst of intense opposition to Egypt, to Jesus, and sets in motion the plans to kill him. In the weeks to come, we will see Jesus, the weeping Jesus, the trembling Jesus, the Jesus who is human, the Jesus who is of God, do something extraordinary to win that battle against death. He himself will go into death. He will walk into the tomb. He will experience death just as we do. And he will take not only himself, but each one of us whom he loves, who God has created. And he will take our hearts, he will take our spirits, he will take our memories, and he will take most of all our love. And he will embrace it and bring it all to his Father. Perhaps weeping, perhaps trembling, but victorious. <laughs>